Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. WVEI-FM and WVEI-HD1. Westerly, Providence. Your home for the Red Sox, the Bruins, and the best sports talk. Southern New England Sports Original. 103.7 WEEI. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Now it's time for Cordishi and Coit. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original, 1037 WEI. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cordishi and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original, 1037 WEI. Scott Cordishi, Nick Coit with you here in Providence, Rhode Island. Good morning, Nick. These are new headsets, aren't they? They are new headsets. Oh, yeah. It's just nice and snug around the uh, the yeah. old melon here. This is nice. I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you like these better? Or, or, no, this or is good. Yeah, okay. these are nice. Yeah, okay. it's comfy. Comfy on the uh, the earlobes. It's, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, this is the extra set of equipment. Uh, so I t- the other stuff that I took to Harvard last night, that's in my office. Oh, I can get the other you. ones if you want. No, I know, no, no. I know you're yeah. high maintenance, Coit. You know? No, that's not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. <laughs> not with not with headsets. Oh. Maybe maybe with my uh, maybe with my makeup or my microphone. Maybe oh. I'm a little high maintenance oh. there, but not with the headsets. Joey P up in our Worcester, Massachusetts studio. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good. I think I'm having a better week than the Chicago Bears. Wow, I know. Yeah, how about Justin Field? I mean, open mouth, insert foot. You know? uh, yeah, he can he can spin it however he wants. He was being critical of coaching, and and look, I get it. A guy like that does like to freelance, right? I mean, and he was pretty much saying, I don't like playing sometimes in the structured stuff and system that I'm given. Sometimes I just need to wing it out there because of my athleticism and. He had to backtrack quickly when the Chicago media got a hold of that one. Yikes, man. Anyway, we don't want to talk about the Chicago Bears this morning. <laughs> we do. Well, I, th- I think, you know, Joe was just highlighting how, you know, everybody's having a better week than them. Yeah. Which is good. That makes clearly. sense. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Clearly. Yep, clearly. That's good. Uh, we've got Patriots-Jets tomorrow down at uh, MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And I-, I can't believe here we are three weeks into the season, but this is a huge game for the Patriots. It's almost do or die for their season, isn't it? And it's a must-win. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is, too. I really do. If you really harbor any hopes of competing for a playoff spot, you have to get this one. Think about just where we're going to be. If they, if they go down there and they lose tomorrow, Scott, they're 0-3 uh, after a tumultuous last season where the offense was you know off track and it was a bad sophomore year for Mac Jones and all that. Now you're going to be 0-3. 
And 0 and 2 in the division. 0 and 2 in the division. And the the feeling of losing to the Jets with Zach Wilson as quarterback yeah. is not going to be exactly a, a good one. That's like throwing up in your mouth right yes, there. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's just not a good taste. <laughs> <laughs> then somebody will will be having a worse week than the Chicago Bears. Uh, yeah. Um I uh, yeah, I I I I think they're going to go down there and win tomorrow, Scott, but I I I don't know. I mean, they haven't shown us you know that they can they can dictate the pace that they can go out and be aggressive, that they can go out and show, I've heard this one this week, a, a sense of urgency. Um, you know, this team, even going back to last season, has had real issues finding ways to win. They've been finding ways to lose, Scott. They've yeah. Finding, they've been beating themselves up with, you know, bad penalties, uh, turnovers early in games, and there's just there's not that much margin for error with this team. They can't do it. It's it's they make one mistake and you feel like it's all gonna fall apart. And that's just what this team is. And and I don't know what that speaks to. I don't know if it speaks to some you know some of it being a lack of discipline, but I think also is it, it probably speaks to Scott. I hate to say it, but a lack of elite talent on the roster. Yeah. Oh, I think that's I think that is what's going on. If you're asking me what the problem with the New England Patriots is this year, we can talk about a banged up and maybe not a very talented offensive line. We could talk about Mac Jones. I know everybody focuses on the quarterback. Mac Jones is not the problem with this not football right team. It is a lack of elite talent. It's as simple as that. Mac actually is playing well. I think he so too. really is. He's completing almost 70% of his passes, 66 of 96, 547 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. He has an offensive line that is banged up and can't protect and cannot open up holes in the running game, which is making you one-dimensional, and he has wide receivers that can't separate. Other than that, he's fine. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, this is – okay, so this leads me to my point this morning, and this okay. is what I want to get into, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. Is Bill Belichick's seat getting very warm now? And I think the bigger question that needs answering here, and I don't know how we can do this, is – how much of the blame for this roster goes on Bill Belichick and how much of it goes on Bob Kraft? The Krafts right now skate with everything, okay? The media, the fans, nobody criticizes them. Look what's happening up in Boston with the Red Sox, okay? Who's getting killed for not spending money on payroll for the state of the Boston Red Sox? They won last night. Nobody cares. Who's, it's John Henry, the owner. Bob Kraft and the Patriots are traditionally among the lowest cash-spending teams in the National Football League. They had that one year where they allowed Belichick to go on a spending spree in free agency, and Bill may not have made the best decisions, but the point is they are among the lowest every year in cash spending. Yet we want to point the finger of blame at Belichick because he's been given control of the entire football operation. So do we simply just continue to blame Bill? Bill's the guy shopping for the groceries, as Bill Parcells once said. Or do we now start to look at Patriot ownership here and say, hey, wait a minute, you know what? The Crafts got to stop being cheap when it comes to player payroll, and they've got to put more money into their roster. Instead of building fancy lighthouses and scoreboards, start spending on the product on the field because that's what matters most. That's what the fans want to see improved, not the conditions at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, it's um, this is it's an interesting conversation. I think there's been more and more of this. Um, you know, we've heard it on on our our own show, Scott. Um, 
you know, I think we've we've gotten some calls about it, um, just about the cash spending and you know how much we haven't sort of talked about the blame with Kraft. I think the the difference uh, between you know comparing like the Red Sox right now and you know the Patriots is that you know a couple of years ago they did go out and spend a lot of money in free agency and bring in a lot of players and whatnot, and I don't I don't think it's a I don't think it's a total philosophical we're not signing big money players to big money deals because you see them moving money around and, and paying some players and whatnot. But at the same time, you know, the, the example that sticks out in my head right now where I, I've started to say how much of it was Bill and how much of it was maybe the, the screws being tightened salary-wise, it's the DeAndre Hopkins thing in June because yep. if – I wonder how much blame goes on Bill for just saying, eh, I, don't, I don't think he can help our team, and so I don't think we want to sign him, and how much of it goes past Bill and says, you know, well, we could pay him this, but, you know, I don't know if we want to pay him this, so, yeah, we'll pass. I, I just I thought that one was a no-brainer for this team. I, I thought they could really use a guy like that. And, and, and Hopkins isn't Justin Jefferson. He's not what he was but he'd be better than I, I said it at the time. He'd be the best receiver in the room when he walks in day yep. one. And so, you know, in in that regard, you know, I I, I wonder. You know, I wonder how much blame is because I I think Belichick, when he has you know control of personnel and whatnot, I think he's pretty, you know, conscious of the way he spends and how he does business and whatnot. You know, but. You're right, Scott. Like we put a lot of that blame on Belichick, but how much of it is he's doing that because that's what's coming from upstairs? Right. I wonder. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, there are things that I think this team can be better at, can improve at, that are on the field that don't have to do with, you know, some of the, you know, cash spending and whatnot. Like th- things that I just think are either outdated or need to be updated or whatnot. Like. Scott, a guy fumbles the ball in the first quarter, and clearly he yeah. is a good playmaker for you. You held him out in camp because you said, ooh, look at this, a guy that can help our offense. And it wasn't a bad fumble. He had it knocked loose by a big-name defensive player. Okay, fine. Put him back up. And by the way, from completely behind, where he could not see him at all. Even even Chris Collinsworth, I know he annoys a lot of people, said that uh, that that one, there wasn't much Demario Douglas could do about that. It's antiquated to say, you know, we're gonna we're gonna sit him and bench him and make him think about it. Okay, great. You make him think about it. It's not what's best for the team. What is that thing that Bill Belichick has said his whole time as Patriots head coach? Do what's best for the team. Currently, right now, is it best for the team for Pop Douglas to be sitting on the bench? No, it's not. It's not. They need guys that can make people miss. He did it on that play. He made a defender miss and got 10 extra yards out of it before the fumble. Like, that stuff to me... Is is probably more what's prevalent on my mind right now, um, you know, than the than the cash spending and whatnot. But you know, bigger picture, with some of the talent and whatnot, you know, that that conversation is obviously uh, I think a fair one to uh, to have here. But that that one 
that one bothered me this week because Bill was asked about it repeatedly, um, you know, kind of scoffed at it. And it's it's just – and then I hear the players talking about, well, you know, I learned from my – you know, Hunter Henry had a fumble in one of his first games that, you know, for the Chargers, and it cost them the game, and he said he learned from it. And Mondre Stevenson said, I fumbled in my first game, or and then I, I learned from it and whatnot. I'm like, okay, I appreciate those guys backing up Pop Douglas. Put him on the field. Send him for a series. Send him for I, – I, I don't know. But don't don't do that. I, it's just dumb. I, I agree. It's dumb. I, I I think I do think there are certain things that Bill does, and that is a perfect example of it. Uh, that are old school and now out of touch with today's athlete and yeah. and the game today. And Bill is usually pretty good at adjusting to the times, and many times is ahead of the curve when it comes to making adjustments. In this particular case, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you're right. Pop Doug Douglas is one of the few guys on the team that has the ability to make plays on his own, to get open. Uh, he's not only fast, but he's quick. He's elusive. And to punish him like that at the detriment of the team, uh, I agree. Not a good thing. And, look, it's, it's, it's a sad state for the Patriots that we're talking about the fact that a sixth-round draft pick rookie wide receiver not playing may be hurting their chances. So that tells you where they are from a talent standpoint on the roster that we're making a big deal over Demario Douglas getting benched after fumbling. But it may be one of their draft hits here. It may be something that they've done well. And this kid, too, the, the other thing that bothers me about this whole thing is, you know, the difference between, like, I hear Rob Andre Stevenson this week talk about how he fumbled and then got benched for a little while, whatever, you know, in his his rookie year, big difference there, Scott. Ramondre Stevenson played a lot in the preseason, his rookie year. Absolutely, Pop Douglas Absolutely. hasn't played. They didn't play him in the preseason. Absolutely, you he, know he needs to play. And and that's the crazy part. You know, you know, I understand wanting to rest your starters and guys that play a lot in the preseason and not put them at risk for injury. But a guy that's a rookie that's never played in the National Football League. He needs that preseason game experience to get him ready for the speed of the game in the NFL and the regular season. So I agree with you. I, I Again, I think there's some things that I look at Bill and I'm like, he can still flat out coach like that special teams play, the block by schooler on yeah, the kick. I mean, I that is that is something they scouted and schemed up, and boy, did that work to perfection. Awesome. So, I mean, that, that I look at that and I'm like, wow, he still get his fastball. But then I, we talk about this other stuff, and I'm like, no, he's out of touch. Like, in all due respect, like, look at what's going on in San Francisco right now, okay? That team looks virtually unbeatable, and they absolutely blew their first-round pick with Trey Lance. They gave away three first-round draft picks for a guy that turned out to be a dud for them. They moved him for a bag of footballs to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, think about that for a second. Yet still, they're, they're an elite team, and that speaks to... A few things. It speaks to, number one, I think Shanahan's one of the best coaches in the game. He took Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft, and he looks like a damn good quarterback. But more importantly, it talks about the fact that they've got a GM that has an eye for talent, knows how to go out and acquire it, whether it be through the draft or trades like Christian McCaffrey with Carolina. And there's simpatico between the guy shopping for the groceries and the head coach. And... 
that's lacking here. You look at some of the organizations that have stood the test of time and have remained competitive. The Baltimore Ravens is one. The Pittsburgh Steelers is another. Now the San Francisco 49ers. And it's and now the Philadelphia Eagles, too. It's organizations that have that personnel guy separate from the head coach, but there's that good working chemistry. And that's lacking here in New England. And their roster is reflective of that. The funny thing is with, with Purdy, you know, credit to them for taking him late in the draft um, because I think I've always said with quarterbacks, until an organization finds that guy, the guy that's going to be your franchise quarterback, take shots. Draft guys, trade for guys, yep. take shots until you find the Given guy. Given the importance, Nick, of this position in this sport, quarterback, you should draft one every year. I t- totally agree. I mean, you've got at least seven picks. Sometimes you get 10, you get 12. Take one every year. Totally Whether it's agree. middle draft, late in the draft, take one every freaking year. shots. Take shots with guys you never know. But the thing is, you, you give, you know, with, with Shanahan, I, I yeah, sure, I think he's probably coached up Brock Purdy. But look at what Brock Purdy is throwing to. All right. Look at what's around him. Kibbo Samuel. They're, they're offensive Kittle. skill players. Samuel. McCaffrey. Kittle. McCaffrey. Ayuk. Yep. Like, there's so many guys that they can put on the field that are so right. dangerous. That's another thing about Bill. You know, Bill, I think, is, and this is going back to what we talked about, has he not adapted with the time? So I look at that schooler play and I'm saying, wow, he can still coach. But then I look at the fact that, Today's NFL, you need to build around your quarterback, and he refuses to do that. He thinks he can win with average run-of-the-mill talent on offense. You can't in today's NFL, Bill. You can't. You need elite skill players. Yep. That's the game now. And, he, and in either he doesn't want to invest in it, and you go back to the Hopkins yep. you know, acquisition, which failed here. He ended up with Tennessee. Or he's doing the dirty work and taking the hit of his owner. And I don't know which it is. And and you know Bob Kraft, I'm sure there's plausible deniability on his part. He's he you know he came out and said when this became an issue. Remember when when Bill talked about that whole cash spending thing? Yeah. And uh, he came out and said something. Kraft said something like, "I've never put restrictions." On. I'm going to read it to you right here. Okay. So Kraft Kraft said, um, or this is what Belichick said. Belichick said, "Our spending in 2020, our spending in 2021, and our spending in 2022. The aggregate of that." We were 27th in the league in cash spending. A couple of years we were low, one year was high, but over a three-year period we were one of the lowest spending teams in the league. So that was perceived by many who cover the team and Patriot fans as maybe a a not-so-veiled shot on the part of Belichick at ownership, at Bob Kraft. So uh, apparently they asked Kraft about it, and Kraft said, uh, I've never put restrictions on uh or he said he meaning belichick has never come to me and not gotten everything he wanted from a cash spending perspective we have never set limits and he further went on to say money spending will never be the issue i promise you or i'll sell the team so that's pretty definitive so that's Kraft. so Kraft is not accepting any responsibility for that and i kind of i agree with what Kraft saying i doubt he's ever put it to bill in those words but I also think that Bill kind of knows Bob he and knows. knows what he wants and what will make mm-hmm. him happy. And that's why Bill operates the way that he does mm-hmm. in cash spending, because he knows that Kraft does not like spending a lot of money. No matter how you slice it, whoever is to blame, whatever, Scott, you know, if they were to invest just maybe a little bit more in their offensive line, 
maybe some of the issues that they've had these first two weeks wouldn't be as uh, prevalent right now because that you know that's one of the places where I look at and I say, hmm, this off season could they have done more there instead of just oh. bringing in Riley Reef, way more, who's on IR? Um, could they have done more than you know some of the guys that they've brought having to trade for guys while you're completing your 53-man roster just so you can field an offensive line it's it's not good it's not good and that that's one of the places i look at and i say could they have gone out and spent something for somebody there you know because there were guys to be had you know there were guys on the free agent market and they've they've shown that they'll invest in offensive linemen before that's happened in the covid year they they spent 14 million bucks on joe tooing a guard. Like yeah. they've shown that and, and it's important to try to protect your quarterback. So yeah, I, I don't know where you slice the slice the pie there, but I know this upcoming offseason they're gonna have a lot of money to spend and I think that's gonna be probably one of the ultimate tells. Now who's gonna be spending the money? I don't know. Uh <laughs> depending on how things go here. Uh but, you know, yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation to have now because when we talk about the talent gap, we've talked a lot about the drafting and bringing in the personnel, but, you know, clearly they have not invested enough here, and I think it's shown through the first two weeks, particularly with the teams that they've played and what they're putting on the field. Too. Nick, there's no excuse, in my opinion, for this franchise to be where they are right now in year four post-Tom Brady. Yeah. There just isn't. And, look, is it unfair to hold this franchise to Super Bowl or bust standards every year? Absolutely. We were spoiled for 20 years. However, you know, when when Brady left and Belichick pretty much said that we have to have a reset year because, you know, our spending got a little out of control and, you know, we had to reel it back in. Okay, we figured that first year with Cam Newton, that was kind of a reset year. Okay, maybe even going into the second season, you could say we're still trying to get it right. But here we are in year four post-Tom Brady. All that financial stuff, that should be taken care of, okay? You should have rebuilt this roster to the point where you have a lot of talent up and down the roster to go out and compete and win football games. And you look at the talent on this roster, and it is marginal at best, okay? there's We don't see the elite talent. We don't. And I, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not excusable. It just isn't. It is inexcusable. Well, we thought that this franchise – would would stay steady because of the the coach and and you know what what he's been able to do um you know and we thought maybe this this franchise would turn into sort of the culture you mentioned you know a, a team like the Steelers an organization like the Steelers always competitive always there they've got a culture they bring in talent left and right whatever i mean they didn't look so great, I think, on Monday Night Football. Well, but, you know. here's the other. Yeah, the, so the Steelers <laughs> in the last few years maybe aren't a good example because yeah. I think the Patriots are right where they are, wallowing in mediocrity at best. Maybe. you know, But they're they, always there. Well, they were, but not, now they've, now they, they've taken a little bit of a step down from yeah. that. But for the most part, for years and years and years, they've remained yeah. competitive. Like you thought that they would com- be competitive like that. Yep. Or like the Ravens or just these teams that – okay, and, and I get it, like – the greatest quarterback of all time walked out the door, which was your own doing, by the way. Uh, but, you know, you thought maybe, okay, a year or two, maybe you reset. Like you said, the COVID year was supposed to be the reset year in terms of the salary and whatnot. Um, you know, but you thought after that they'd build up a culture here, bring in some players, bring in some talent, and say, like, okay, well, we're going to be competitive every year. We're not going to be what we were for 20 years, yep. but – we're the Patriots. Here's our culture. This is what we do. 
we're always competitive. We're always in the mix. And I don't know. You know, I think you know, Max rookie year, it, it looked like it was sort of trending maybe that way. You know, you bring in a rookie quarterback, has a good year. You know, in December, they're at the top of the AFC at one point. Like, you're looking at it and say, okay, you know, this could be going in the right direction. And then last year went off the rails. Yeah. Last year went off the rails. And I don't think they've been able to get it back, you know, on track. And that's that's troubling. So, a couple of questions. Number one, do you think this is a must-win tomorrow? I think most of us think that it is. Uh-huh. If you really harbor hopes of competing for a playoff spot. But the big question this morning is, who do you blame for the state of the New England Patriots? Is it all on Belichick? Does Kraft have to shoulder some of the blame here? How do you split up the blame pie? Is it 50-50? Is it 80-20? I'd, I'd like to know what Patriots fans think. Is this all Bill Belichick's fault, the state of the New England Patriots? Does Bob Kraft figure into this? 401-777-1037, the phone number. And didn't you have another question in your social media post this well, morning? I did. Too? I was going to save that for a little bit later well, on. tease ahead to it. I, That's I, well, what I, I will, you know. but I don't want to tease it now because I don't know if I'm going to address it coming back from the oh. break. We have full phone lines already, Nick. Okay. So let's save that for a little bit later Sounds on. Sounds great. Okay. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 